0: Welcome to the Layman's Homily Podcast. I'm Antonio D'Arienzo, and alongside me is a guest co host, my friend Luz Rodriguez. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about chivalry. What is chivalry? Is chivalry really dead? And should women let men open the door for them? All this and more on Layman's Homily. Welcome back to the podcast. You know we've had a bit of a hiatus, but it's good to be back uh, recording with you all uh, and sharing, uh, talking with you all. I had a restful, restful vacation, but it's good to be back recording and sharing uh, layman's homily with you all. Um, As always, we have a packed show for you, so let's dive right in. Joining me this week is my friend luce rodriguez so luce why don't you introduce yourself
1: hi guys well um yeah my name is luce rodriguez i've been atlanta i've been in atlanta now for about four years but i'm originally from Moultrie, georgia i'm a general dentist and i practice in ackworth um graduated from uga and dental college of georgia in augusta Um, so yeah, I'm a parishioner at Holy Spirit, um, for a little over a year now and started getting involved again. That's where I met Tony last summer and, uh, yeah, now we're both in a small group. Um, so that's kind of a little bit how we met, but yeah, thanks Tony for having me.
0: Yeah. Pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Um, so let's dive right in now that we have the introduction. What is chivalry?
1: Okay, so chivalry. I did a little bit of research on this, um, but it looks like the origin comes like dates back from the um, about like the 10th century, where it was used to describe like a knight or a horseman. but it was also kind of morphed into setting ground rules for what knightly behavior should be because back then they weren't very honorable. Um, and were prone to violence, like looting, raping, burning, all that kind of thing. So yeah, it's kind of known as like the Knightly Code, this like higher standard of character and conduct um, that was mostly during medieval times and made its way into romance literature, art, history. Um, so nowadays, yeah, it kind of just describes men who are courteous, respectful, honorable, um, gentlemen-like, especially towards women
0: yeah um i think the other thing too is like this bravery aspect mm-hmm. like these knights like yeah it is associated with medieval knighthood it's like mm-hmm. the the ideal of a knight um and as men like we we want to be like that like mm-hmm. we all have we all aspire to be like that that's why you see in all this like heroic um movies and and pop culture you see all these men who are just like a lot of these men who are, like, brave mm-hmm. and, like, go in um, fearlessly into battle, being willing to bleed um, and, mm-hmm. like, rescue the, the damsel in distress, if you right. will. Um, so, can women, with, with all this, you know, masculine talk and stuff, mm-hmm. can women exercise this virtue?
1: I, yeah, I definitely believe so. I feel like it goes both ways, because not only is it how to like be a gentleman but it also kind of stems around just being like a good person and treating others with kindness so absolutely like women should also practice this um so yeah for sure
0: yeah I feel like it's I don't know um yeah because women too can exhibit bravery and courage see Mm -hmm. Joan of Arc right right? that's like part of chivalry because she was like a knight um female knight um yeah I feel like it yeah it's definitely more associated with mm-hmm. men because that's you know men were knights and right so are but yeah I mean yeah I think that's sort of the fullest i feel like that's more the fullest extent mm-hmm. but you know women can definitely exhibit parts of that um is is would you say chivalry is dead in our culture today
1: um y- Yes and no, but personally, like I hope it's not. Um, I feel like in the past couple of decades, there's been a couple of things that have, we've I guess, caused us to see a decline in it. Um, so for me, I think there's three kind of reasons that i you, you definitely don't see it as much. The first thing with the feminist movement. So women have they're just so desperately wanting to be equal to men in all regards that they can get offended when someone like opens up a door for them um because they feel like their respect is almost being like stripped from them and it's demeaning mm-hmm. and that they can't do it on their own and that they need a man's help but it's not um and i feel like another reason is that people have kind of forgotten over time it's not something that's properly being like passed down from father to son um and so yeah it's 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 something that's kind of like a lost art these days um and for me like like you were saying it's it's two ways it can go with how men should act but also women like for me i I wear a what would Jesus do bracelet mm-hmm. on my wrist um because I feel like Jesus and, like, St. Joseph, they're the epitome of what, how you should behave, um, because they're, like, the ultimate servants, and they, they really took the time to be very gentleman-like and listen and, and be a gift to others. Um, so, yeah, I just think that that's just something that's been kind of, like, forgotten over time, but also with the sexual revolution,
0: mm-hmm. I feel like
1: women and men have lowered their standards and what they look for in a you know, like in a partner um especially with like the hookup culture it's very common to take the courtship out of dating um and taking women like on a proper date the formality of the date so with that i think chivalry is definitely just we're not seeing it as much in, yeah, and yeah
0: i'd say it's not completely dead, but it's on its last yes. uh, <laughs> last legs here. Yeah. But, yeah, no, totally agree with, uh, you know, the rise of feminism and, um, yeah, just the the lack of real men, I think, mm-hmm. is, is part of the other, is a real problem. And that's, okay. yeah, to do with, partly to do with, um, yeah, you know, men, fathers not passing on these virtues down to their sons mm. and whatnot, but also just... Like our culture wanting to emasculate men, Mm. right? Wanting you know this whole thing about toxic masculinity, Mm. right? And that part of that is women wanting to be equal to men. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's two ways they can do that. One, they can try to elevate themselves, but another way is to take to take down Mm -hmm. men and to make them more like women.
1: Right, and I feel like with that, you definitely lose what is wonderful um, about women and their femininity and what's beautiful about men and their masculinity which is exactly what God intended when he created us um, so yeah I definitely definitely think that is something that's very kind of sad in our culture right mm-hmm. now because there's just so much good when you really, I don't want to say like categorize it, but there's a place for it um, so yeah, for sure
0: yeah, this, like, distinction <clears throat> right. between, you know, men are, e- they're complementary, men and women right. are complementary, not right equal in everything. Yeah. Like, equal in dignity, but mm-hmm. complementary roles. Yeah, there is, Yeah, you know, as much as we, you know, there's this thing about gender roles in society, and everybody is like, oh, gender roles are dumb and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. and then tying it back to theology of the body how really it's Satan who is wanting to confuse us in regards Mm -hmm. to our bodies because he wants us to... When you look at the male body and the female body, it doesn't make sense on their own. But together, you can really comprehend um, exactly why God created us the way he did so we can be a gift to one another. And it makes complete sense in that manner.
0: Yeah. So speaking of God and gifts... Where do we see chivalry in scripture? Right. So Some examples.
1: Yeah. The first one that came to mind was Genesis. Um, with Adam almost having the, that kind of like job to protect Eve. Um, and then, but again, you can see it in other manners. Not necessarily with like a husband and wife kind of aspect. But even Jesus washing the feet of his disciples mm-hmm. um, during the Last Supper. And just being that kind of servant to them, um, really shows just how, how, you know, humble he is, even though he is divine in God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently through our, uh, small group, we discussed, um, Ephesians five, chat, mm-hmm. uh, verses 25 to 26, where it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her which again shows Christ's sacrificial love for his church that we um, need to try and imitate and again both ways husbands to wives wives to husbands
0: yeah I was going to talk about Ephesians 5 um, a little bit later but um, in terms of what I found um, Tobias in the book of Tobit Mm -hmm. um, him like really like loving his wife in the right way Mm -hmm. um like before they you know consummate their marriage he says get up sister let us pray and they he leads the leads his wife in prayer Mm -hmm. um just that that leading that making sure that she is you know he even says like i'm not taking this this woman out of out of lust Mm -hmm. um right so that's that's definitely part of it is like you know not lusting um which you know that's one of the chief sins in our culture today Mm -hmm. um is is lust um you know you talked about you know the sexual revolution and that's that's kind of taken over our culture and that's at the heart of it
1: right yeah and i feel like in today's society, everyone thinks that life is all about sex when it's it's so distorted, but that, again, that's the devil trying to warp um, the beauty of of what, like, the true sacrament of marriage is about, that, you know, sacrificial love. Yeah,
0: and that's what to, Tobias understands, is that, mm-hmm. I mean, it, well, it wasn't quite elevated to the level of sacrament, mm-hmm. really, but... That really doesn't happen until Christ's sacrifice on the cross, mm-hmm. um, when all the sacraments are like become uh, channels of divine grace. Mm-hmm. But Tobias understands like the the beauty of marriage and like what mm-hmm. it's supposed to be, right? Um, and the beauty of of the other the the wife as a the woman as a gift,
1: right? And seeing her like true dignity mm-hmm. as a person,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And another person who does that in scripture, Saint joseph, of course <laughs> uh, the the premier knight um who is the guardian of the Blessed Virgin Mary, like mm-hmm. her virginity, mm-hmm. like he protects her like go goes to egypt like and protects not just Mary but also Christ, yeah. the infant Christ, um just yeah. He exhibits the that courage and that mm-hmm. bravery and the you know courtesy um especially you know he's a he's a righteous man the scripture says it's itself like Saint Joseph is a righteous man takes he's not afraid to take Mary into his home mm-hmm. when she's found with child through the Holy Spirit so, okay.
1: yeah know Saint Joseph's a man yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> so speaking of men. Uh, how do you, how would you say that men should live this practically? How should men be chivalrous so practically?
1: Right. So, I definitely have I guess my own like I guess advice, but I figured I would um, kind of talk to the men in my family to ask their opinion. So I'm about to give kind of like a summary of what my brother my dad and my brother-in-law kind of um, uh, responded when I asked them, how, to, how do you live this out practically? So my brother, he said that, and they're all three married, <laughs> um, so it's also coming from a perspective of a yeah, married man, but my brother said that men should understand and truly see women as equals in all ways they interact with them. Not, it's not about having dominance, Um, and that chivalry should also be applicable to women. The basis of chivalry is kindness and generosity towards others, and then my dad said that true love is more than just an emotion, it's wanting what's best for the person, and it's very sacrificial, it demands being unselfish, and most importantly, leading by example. And then my brother-in-law, he said that you really have to listen and be considerate, especially when someone is in disagreement, and so, They also gave examples, um, and this kind of goes for, like, non-romantically but also romantically, um, like holding open a door, right? I feel like that's a very (laughs) common thing that a guy can do in both aspects, right? Um, Listening to others when they speak, um, allowing others to kind of go first, giving up seats for elders, women, and they mentioned how Sure, when you are romantically interested in another person, um, that big gestures are nice, but that the small, everyday things uh, to show your um, spouse that like you care for them and respect them, and then learning what makes them happy and can ease their stress. And then um, I kind of had some of my <laughs> advice, so coming, I guess, from a female perspective. Um, so I'll start, I guess, off with non-romantically. But picking up um, a plate after a meal, which you recently actually did for me. Um, so we were recently at a uh, Knights of Columbus pancake breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it kind of goes back to how, you know, decades ago, it was very common for the woman, um, like the wives to be, household wives and they didn't work and so they did the kind of bulk of the housework cleaning cooking all that stuff um and I feel like if you really look into well obviously nowadays that's that's changed now women Mm -hmm. um in today's society are working where 50 60 years ago they weren't but if you I guess kind of look into the homes of the majority of like households today I feel like women are still doing, like, the majority of the cooking and things like that. So the fact that a guy can come in and say, okay, I acknowledge all the work that you did, so the least I can do is maybe, like, pick up a plate um, or help clean up, I thought, you know, it's it's really kind of respectful. Um, Mm -hmm. And then uh, kind of, like, putting some effort into how one dresses, um, walking up straight, the way you carry yourself, which is very basic, Um, like following through on your word, no matter how like insignificant something may be, um, being thoughtful and just looking out for others as like brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. Um, and then some things that be, could be considered like romantically is like opening up a car door, um, you know, buying her flowers, um, and, uh, one thing that's kind of, I thought was strange, but I didn't really, I wasn't really exposed to it until my early 20s, but um, walking outside of the sidewalk, do you know about that? No. <laughs> um, I guess it's kind of like a form of protection, but, like, if you're yeah. walking... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I
0: think I think, as you were talking about, so, like, if you're on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. you know, the guy would walk in on the side, the roadside. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yeah. So, like, weird things like that, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but, um, yeah, so just a couple of examples of how mm-hmm. to live it out, practically.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, we have to be willing to bleed Yeah. as men. Not necessarily physically, but yeah like being willing to sa- like bleed sacrifice mm-hmm. like the problem like a lot of the problems with our culture um i was at a talk uh at this national conference called seek mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago and it was a you know talk about ma- manhood um and the speaker jason evert mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. very well-renowned catholic speaker on chastity and and theology of the body and those sorts of um, things he used saying you know we as men oftentimes want to be knights who don't have to bleed
1: mm.
0: and that's that's the that's the biggest thing is we have to be willing to sacrifice We have to be willing to bleed you know it can be it can be small sacrifice like you know opening the door or, yeah. uh, you know walking on the outside <laughs> of the road or whatever <laughs> right or or it could be bigger, right? Mm. But we have to be willing to to sacrifice. Yeah. Like Yeah, and and often you you can see like those sacrifices like visibly, like those sorts of things, but there are also the invisible sacrifices like mm-hmm. saying no to pornography or right. things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um become like that's that's a sacrifice. Like right especially you know more so for some men than for others Mm -hmm. um but yeah um and then going back to ephesians 5 right being willing to bleed because christ was willing to bleed right husbands love your wives as christ loves the church Mm -hmm. um so yeah i and yeah and if a woman says no you know doesn't like like rejects your acts of you know chivalry like it's okay it's okay to be rejected like you're you're affirming their worth and if she doesn't affirm her own worth then like you still should at least like know that you're still affirming her worth even if she doesn't see it herself right yeah for sure um which leads into the next question so how do women Mm -hmm. either live this or receive this like this virtue uh practically i.e. should women let men (laughs) open the door open Open door for them.
1: Well, yeah. In response to allowing a man to, you know, <laughs> hold the door open for them, yeah, I, I'd say sure. I think it's personally like I, I kind of admire when, uh, when a guy, when a guy does that, because um, it's just you know, and courteous and, and kind. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of taking the role of like true femininity in allowing men to kind of like whatever act they're doing is like having that community to receive it which a lot of um i guess women they feel they see that as like weakness but it's not it's just allowing men to um i guess act on their roles and and women just receiving it with an open heart Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah um i think one thing that i would say from a male perspective, Mm -hmm. um, is to hold us accountable Mm. for not being, when we aren't chivalrous, like Mm. set higher standards. Because if, you know, if you, if women like set the, that lower standard, then we'll be like, okay, we'll take it. Yeah. But if you hold us to higher standards, yeah, then, you know, we're going to have, we're like, okay, we're gonna have to work for it.
1: Right. Right. And
0: And that quickly narrows out, okay, mm. this guy's not, not ready.
1: Right. Um, It's funny that you mentioned Jason Everett. Um, He has this great podcast called Lust is Boring, um, which talks about, you know, his chastity project and also theology of the body. And he goes into a lot of, like, really good topics of um, people who are, like, discerning vocation, dating, marriage, engagement, all of that. Um, And he talks about how, you know, within the past couple of decades, women and men have lowered their standards and so um i think that's yeah another reason why you just you're not seeing a lot of like chivalry um in men but it's exactly what you're mentioning holding the men accountable um and just not lowering your standards and you'll see kind of how men are able to rise to the occasion um so yeah there's a lot of truth in that
0: yeah um so that's all the questions i things i wanted to talk about for Chivalry. Um, may our main topic. Any last uh, closing thoughts before uh, we move on?
1: No, no, not
0: really. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that wraps up um, the main segment. Um, now we're gonna move to our cloud of witnesses segment, which, uh, for those of you who are unaware, um, that is when we talk about you know a couple, one or two saints or feast days for the upcoming week, and you know kind of go into a little bit of their stories. Um, so the, we have two, two feasts for this week. The first, um, first big one we want to talk about was we celebrate on Friday the 13th, um, for Our Lady of Fatima. So, Lucy, you want to talk about her?
1: Yeah, and, um... It's actually the uh, anniversary of my Marian um, consecration. Now that I think about it, um, yes. Yeah, so Our Lady of Fatima, which is also known as Our Lady of the Holy Rosary of Fatima. Um, so that image is is very like you know popular. You see it in a lot of um, paintings, but also statues. And so it's Our Blessed Mother in this white mantle or dress that has like a gold edge, and she's holding a rosary in her hand with kind of like a crown on her head. But yeah, it's just the title to Our Blessed Mother from the Marian apparitions in 1917 by these three children visionaries in um, Fatima, Portugal. So um, Lucia dos Santos and her two cousins, Francisco and Sintha Marto. Um, so during this time, she, um, Our Blessed Mother, kind of revealed these three secrets, um, requested consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And there was a prophecy that prayer would lead um, an end to like the great war. And she also performed the miracle of the sun on October thirteenth, um, and which you can kind of see. There's a movie on Netflix called Fatima. So if you haven't seen it, definitely, definitely um, check that out. Um, it kind of really kind of shows what the miracle looked like to the. There was like thousands of um, people yeah. who um, witnessed that that miracle. Um, and so our Blessed Mother, she just asked those three visionaries to pray the rosary every day, to bring peace to the world and an end to the war. Um, and she also asked to have the Fatima prayer be added to the rosary after the glory mm-hmm. be. So for those of you who don't know, it's, Oh Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. So that's where that came from. Um, and the two cousins, Francisco and Jacinta, they they died a few years later due to the spanish flu um but lucia she went on to become a nun and um wrote memoirs of her visions and she lived to the age of 97 so at the site of those apparitions there was a small chapel that was built and then a couple years later um the basilica of our lady of the rosary was built there where the bodies of the child visionaries are um and then in 1930 the Catholic Church, they officially recognize the apparitions as like worthy of belief, and so to this day, it's a very popular pilgrimage site. Mm-hmm. Um, Pope Francis was the one who canonized the two cousins, and I think um, Lucia is still under the canonization process. Um, oh, and cool fact, one of the bullets that struck um, Pope JP II in his 1981 assassination attempt um is encased in the crown of that image of our lady of fatima. So
0: yeah, cuz I think there's a I was reading up about our lady of fatima as well mm-hmm. and there was like one of the prophecies what that the, was that the holy father would mm-hmm. be attacked and yeah. like that was that speculated to be like the fulfillment of that exactly, the assassination yeah. attempt on Pope John Paul the mm-hmm. 2nd. Um so in our lady of fatima or that appar- those apparitions, she mm-hmm. said that the sins of the flesh leads more souls to hell mm-hmm. than any other sin.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, kind of That's going true. back to this talk about, you know, lust mm-hmm. and, you know, versus being chivalrous. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And
0: chaste. So, the other saint that we want to talk about this week is Saint Matthias. Or Saint Matthias, or however you pronounce it. Um, so his feast day is Sat is going to be on Saturday, May the fourteenth. Um, so we don't really know too much about him. All we really know is that he was martyred because he was an apostle. Um, he was chosen to replace Judas, um, Judas Iscariot, as the twelfth apostle, um, and that story can be found in Scripture, in Acts chapter one, verses thirteen to twenty-six. Where the church, um, like the apostles, and um, they, they try to figure out, okay, who's going? We need, we need the twelfth. We need number twelve because mm-hmm. number twelve is holy. It's significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Judas Iscariot he committed suicide. So we got to find somebody to replace him. And you can find more about that in the book of Acts. Um, and they end up ultimately choosing Saint. Matthias um and that's about it for him. Um so that does it for the cloud of witnesses segment for this week and now we'll move on to the lyrical lift segment. Um which is this week we're going to be talking about the song Free Will by Rush. Um this you know 1970s, 1980s uh progressive rock band. Um and the main line the main lyric that sticks out to me from this song is in the chorus. It it goes like this. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. And for me, it's like sort of this call to action because choosing to hesitate or delay or inaction is indeed a choice. It's a choice not to act. Choosing not to commit to anything is still a choice. Um... We shouldn't stand in the middle. We shouldn't stand on the fence. Um, it sort of reminds me of C.S. Lewis's great trilemma, which he uh, expounds upon in um, *Mere Christianity*, which basically says that either Jesus is Lord, or else he is a liar or a lunatic. But what he is definitely not is somewhere in the middle, and we we can't stand in the middle either. We can't be lukewarm or inactive or complacent because that's still a choice that Christ will hold us accountable for on the last day either you're with him or you're against him but the one thing you definitely shouldn't do is to not choose sides because by doing so you're choosing something worse than either any any thoughts on that? no
1: there's a lot of truth in that um, I feel like Another thing um, that our generation is kind of um, guilty of is like almost c- complacency and being lukewarm. So having to be strong in your decisions and and stand up for, for your beliefs. So, yeah, for yeah.
0: sure. Yeah, st- standing up for your beliefs and, you know, not committing to, mm-hmm. to our, what we say we're going to do. Because oftentimes yeah. what will happen is we'll see an event... You know, it's like, oh, you know, that would be great, but we we'll wait for something better to come up. Yeah. No, you got you should stick to your you know, if you see something, mm-hmm. stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um and that sticking to your commitments, mm-hmm. you know, committing to something and sticking to that commitment.
1: Yeah, sticking to your word and, yeah. along
0: along with, yeah, you know, not being complete like standing up for your beliefs, those mm-hmm. are all marks of <laughs> wait for it. Chivalry <laughs> There we go. Ending where we began. All right. Um, So, thank you all for listening. Uh, A few final things before we wrap up, of course. First, if you liked what you heard, or even if you didn't, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five star review. This will help us reach more people and get the good news out to a world which just really needs to hear it. Second, we want to hear from you, dear listeners. If you have questions about anything we've discussed on this episode, previous episodes, or anything in general, please send them via email to homily at gmail.com. That's L-A-Y-M-A-N-S-H-O-M-I-L-Y at gmail.com. And finally, please pray for us and know that we are praying for you through the intercession of the patron of this podcast, St. Joseph. God bless you this week, and we look forward to speaking to you all next week. This has been the lemon summer